Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Exodus chapter 3. Moses, verse 1, he kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the backside of the desert, and he came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire. It was out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the the bush, it burned with fire. The bush was not consumed. Moses said, "I, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Please note that the fire alone is not what grabbed his attention. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside, turn to your neighbor and tell him the Lord's always watching. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. He said, here, here am I. Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off of your feet for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face For he was afraid to look upon God. But the Lord spoke with Moses, hiding his face, and said, I I have surely seen the affliction of my people. My people, they're in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth 
my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And finally, Moses spoke and said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? I want to preach on this celebration night for our graduates, but to our entire church, that we need to let God write our story. We need to let God be the one who authors who He knows we're meant to be. Amen? Would you lift your hands and lift your voices with me right now? Jesus, we love you. We honor you, your presence in this house. I pray that you'd help us tonight. Oh, come on, lift your voice and pray. God, let your word speak to us in the next few minutes. Amen. God bless you and you may be seated tonight. He is regarded by many, if not most, preachers as the greatest leader to have ever lived. This, this great leader, Moses. The heroism, the powerful stature, the deliverance of God's people. Great leaders lead forward. But Moses, at his introduction, does not feel that way about himself at all. I would tell you it, it seems to unravel as though the more they irritated him, the stronger he got. But at first, he was overwhelmed with the task at hand. Some of you might have read or heard the recent story of a school in Pennsylvania. The school was evacuated, went into its evacuation protocol because a bobcat had been spotted in the school. Some of you, you'll see this little picture. This was, this was the footage. They went into their perfect little protocol. They silently, quietly evacuated the building. Called in animal control. I've got to be honest, I didn't know that a school even had a bobcat policy. <clears throat> until the next picture when they caught up with this bobcat, it was just a house cat. <laughs> just a house cat missing its tail. And looking in the opposite direction, and without clear focus, it looked a lot stronger and a lot more devastating 
than it actually was. God forbid that we ever look stronger than we actually are. That from a distance, or if the footage is fuzzy enough, that we have the appearance of godliness, but up close it might be found that we would deny the power thereof. It should be said about believers, it should be said about Christians, it should in fact certainly Moses be said about leaders, that the closer you get to us, that our power does not diminish. But I have found that most oft in this life, those who are the most powerful do not see themselves as such. Uh Uh-huh. When you've got to live a life trying to prove how bad you are, you're usually pretty insecure. I was just a young boy when my dad taught me. Usually the louder they bark. My life was changed the day that I called a bully's bluff. I learned a little line from my cousin. If he watches this, he will love thoroughly that I share it. He would say this line, and I picked it up from him. He'd look someone square in the eyes and say, The only thing between us is space and opportunity. (laughs) And I found out when you will stand for yourself, most people will leave you alone. Can I tell you that while we look back at Moses and we see the power of his leadership and the strength of his heroism, he was much more like a house cat when this thing started. For many of us in this room right now, we've got to decide which version we're going to be. To our graduates standing at the crossroad of life and to our middle age and elders all the same, we must make that resolute determination as to who we will actually be. I will tell you that in a burning bush scenario, you're going to want God to have the pen. He turned aside because the the bush was not consumed. It drew his attention. Preachers pause. Be careful what you're drawn into. (laughs) But he's drawn in. It was a divine setup by God. He is drawn in. And there are Bible college students. Our seasoned saints would know he encounters a theophany. That temporary manifestation of God. I was so, so thankful when I came to IBC and learned what a theophany was. I randomly tried to sneak it into a sentence. Be preaching. I would be about... 17 or 18 years old, Brother Gallion, I'd get to go on an MSA. I'd preach a $5 message with a $20 word. I don't think I probably even used it right, but boy, it sounded good. 
But it was a temporary manifestation of God. And it was there that God said, out of everybody, I'm going to tell you, I've heard the cries of my people. Young person, I want you to ask yourself a question. Can God trust me enough to talk to me? And if he does, would I even know it was him? Would I be so enamored with the visual that I could not be cognizant of the audible? And I fear we are living in a world that is so given to visual stimulation that we need our, we need our services to be shows when what we really need is a word from God. We need God to, to draw us to a place. And so listen, I, I believe that we ought to have the very best we can. But what I really want is a manifestation of the presence of God. I, I'm not asking for a burning bush. I'm, I'm not asking for that. But I'm saying this, we want to hear. We want to hear you. We want to know. 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 We want to know that it's your voice. We want to know it's your voice because when we know it's your voice, we'll get in a posture of humility. And we'll know it's not about how, how we are able to manufacture the situation. And it, it will not be by the excellency of our oratory or the perfecting of our praise. We will eliminate from a desire to worship our worship. Ah. And we will find ourselves... Simply listening to God. Oh, I want to hear Him. The Lord began to tell Moses from that burning bush, I've seen the affliction of my people. And you mark my word right now. You may suffer. But you never suffer with him not seeing. Don't you ever think that because you're suffering, he has gone blind. Don't you think that because he has not swiftly answered what you, that he has grown deaf. His eye is not dim that he cannot see. His arm is not short that he cannot reach. He has heard you. He has seen you. He does know where you're at. I would tell you this. He hears the cries of his people. We need to be aware of that fact. But his answer to those cries has been to speak to people. To speak to people. Moses was not mature enough earlier in his life to handle this kind of a revelatory word. If he would have told Moses this word too early, he would have ran farther than the backside of the desert. 
He was not mature enough to handle it. God knows what to speak, when to speak, and how to speak. He knows what we can handle and when we can handle it. And since you graduates on the front row, whether high school or college, since you're to this crossroads and I think you can handle it, I'm going to tell you very clear in front of the whole church. We need you to accept the challenge of God right now. Right now. But I need you to know something that Moses was going to have to find out. If you will choose to clearly lead for God, you will not have to travel alone. Moses' greatest fear was his own inadequacy. There is a danger in feeling too adequate. (laughs) I got this. No, you don't. You don't. How many know? How many know? I can remember being just a, a very young man coming up for a role, a position that I really wanted. I really wanted this role. Now I'm old enough to know, thank God I didn't get it. Thank God I didn't get that role 20 years ago when I really want, Brother Trano, I really wanted it. I was like, just salivating, just wanting it. Thank God, God said, no. When you think you can handle holy things by your own ability, by your own knowledge, by your own education, by your own, it's when we get in a dangerous place. It's why I'm so strong about we've got we've to practice to give our best. But when God shows up, when God decides that he wants to just come into the service and throw his weight around, we can never be so professional that we refuse to be Pentecostal. Being believers trumps everything else we say and everything else we do. For when the burning bush, I don't, I'm going to tell you, I don't need a burning bush. Just let me feel the presence of God. Just let me feel the touch of the Lord and I will turn aside. I will deviate from my plan and I will say, not my will, not my way. Just let me spend some time. We need to be very comfortable deviating from our own desires. Uh-huh deviating from our own desire. Your own desire will not wake you up at 2 a.m. for prayer. (laughs) You ever had one of those wake-ups? Oh, God. You've got to be kidding me. You ever try to pray that prayer in bed? Whoever it is. It's like you don't even get a full, you don't even start with your hands raised, you just. You're almost aggravated. Come on, I'm just being real right now. Just like, God, they better really be in trouble. They better just. Because if they're not, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them. You do one of these, do one of these. It's not, not even a full, Jesus. He'll wake you up, not let you go back to sleep. Right? In a moment like that, we need to pray like it was God putting us on somebody's mind. 
That's a hard thing to do when you're sleepy. But we need... Can God trust us enough that he can allow... He will know that we'll deviate from our desire. Our desire is to sleep, but if he needs to deviate and he needs to bring me to a prayer closet, because I got some friend on the other side of town or I've got some missionary in another country that's being held at gunport and the Bible says he was seeking for an intercessor. And I can get up and I begin to call out after God. I'm, I'm telling you, we should not need a burning bush. I understand he needed a burning bush before the Holy Ghost, but I understand that without the Holy Ghost living inside of him, he needed a burning bush. But since we're supposed to have him in us, at one point, at some point, we've got to ask our, ourselves, how many signs do I need? <laughs> how many burning bushes do I need? How many doctor's reports do I need? How many Sunday nights do I need? Before I just know, he's trying to get me to lead some people. He's trying to get me to be bigger than myself. Moses was a fighter. Remember the story? Most of the men in here feel like we're okay because some of the great success stories of Scripture also had some major downfalls. We're like, we hate to admit it. We don't want to talk about it out loud, but we're like, maybe I can make it. Okay? Every person, every guy in here that's ever lost his temper has somehow mentally went back and been like, well, Moses killed a guy. And... and." He was a fighter, but the, that the worst part of Moses' fight was actually internal. He, he fought with who he was and who he was called to be and who he was designed to be. He deals with that and, 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 and he internalizes it. And he begins to converse with the Lord here. Have a little, a little talk with God. Isn't it funny that it didn't stop with Moses? Don't we still try to tell God his business? You know we do. Like, God, I'm not sure if you got the right mo. I'm not. This is, I'm, I'm Jethro's son. I think you're looking for. God knows you. God knows who you are. Dive, dive back into your text with me, if you will. Exodus chapter 3. Verse 11. Moses said unto God, who am I? That I should go unto Pharaoh. That I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. Who am I? And he said. I want every graduate but I want everybody in the building to hear what the Lord said. Certainly. I will be with If you had to go by yourself, this wouldn't be a thing. But Moses, I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. 
say what? Even in your hiding place. Even in your desert place. I'm going to tell you right now. You're having a move of God when you can get worship to your desert. Oh, some of y'all missed that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up. Beep, beep, beep. It's one thing when you can worship God here. But when God says, I'm trying to do something in your life. That it's not about you getting elevated in my sight. I created you. I know who you're destined to be. But I need to change the perception of who you are. You've been on the run. You've been trying to live a new life. I want worship to come to the recesses of who you are. I want worship. I want when 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 nobody is around and you normally hang your head in the privacy of your room and you feel overwhelmed. I want to bring worship to that place. I want to bring worship to the part of you where your parents split up and one of your parents walked away and, and you haven't felt that validation from a leader in your I want to bring worship to that place. I want to bring worship to the scenario where we have people dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts. And it's the desert of life and it's the hiding of what has been and what could have been and what should have been. God said, I want to come there. I want to come where nobody else. Ooh, man, I feel something right now. I want to come to that place in your life where you don't let anybody. Because you've got some places in your life you don't even want me around. It's why I couldn't reveal it to you at home. I had to make you take a walk to get your attention. Ooh. Ooh. I'm telling you, God is, ready to, God is ready to walk with us graduates to a new level. And hear me, Calvary Tabernacle. God is ready to walk not just in this church, but He is ready to walk His worship into the desert of your life, into the running place of your life, into the hidden areas of your life where you think nobody knows. I'm telling you, God, God knows. He knows where you're at. He's known every, he's known every shortcoming. He knows everything you feel about yourself. He knows every. Thing you feel about you. You, you. you can hide from anybody, but you can't hide from God. You can't hide from God. He knows where you're at. Scoot, scoot over. Let me just scoot, scoot over. I'm just going to hide in here. Yeah, I'll do that. That'll make me blend in. I'm just gonna hide in the crowd. Nobody's gonna know how I feel. I'm just gonna be depressed but not tell anybody about it. I'm gonna come in here with my suit, my tie on, and then I'm gonna go home and my worship is. You can't fake God. You can't fake him out. You can't, you can't fool him. You, so I'm telling you, what we need to do is we need to let worship invade the desert of our life. And we need to believe that who he told us we were with the theophany. Listen, he was going to get the theophany. He was going to get the burning bush. But there is no part of that story. Let's, let's think about this here. Brother, Brother Robeson, if it would have been me, I'd have said, man, I'm going to get me a chain. I'm going to back my truck up. I'm going to pull this bush out. Because I'm going to need this bush. 
I'm going to carry this bush into Pharaoh's house. And I'm going to be like, look. Don't we need evidence? How many times has God spoken to us? And then we go back and we pray, God, I'm not sure. I'm not. And he's like, it was a burning bush. I talked to you. You talked to me. Yeah, but I've thought I was crazy for a while. I, I, people think I'm crazy. I've been, I talk to myself sometimes. I know you know that. We'd rip that. That's how we are. Because we need reconvinced over and over and over. I'd have taken that bush. I'd have taken it back to the house. I'd have planted it in the front yard. So every day it could have been a reminder. But the bush had to stay and the word had to travel. The bush had to stay and the word had to travel. I cannot take the physical with me. But I can take the word with me. One of the toughest parts about leaving high school, it is always great in theory to leave high school until you're gone. Can I get a witness? Like, I can't wait to get out of here. Talk to me in two years. Talk to me in five years. Be like, high school was pretty awesome. How many know now what you didn't know then? Yeah. Some of you, and I can feel it. Some of y'all are like, not me. <laughs> what is it about graduating high school, graduating college? It's like this anxiousness, this, this excitement. Now, the beautiful thing, especially about college, too, is it's like once I can get these debts done, <laughs> that's the worst part about starting. If you've got school debts, it's like, I'm done. They're not. <laughs> they just have to start paying back on it. But it's the transition reality. And if you're not careful, you can spend so much time looking forward to a thing that you don't know how to actually enjoy a thing. Sometimes, sometimes we can be so mesmerized with getting a word from God that we don't know how to live in the word when we get it. Moses wanted God to know where he was until God knew where he was and revealed it and he couldn't hardly handle the answer. I'm done with high school. What do you want me to do? And then you get the answer. Are you sure? It's me. Let's, let's look here. Verse 13. Will you put verse 13 up there? Moses said, When I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, they're going to want to know a name. When I go try to pay for this bill, they're going to know I don't have the credit line. Okay? Wouldn't it be great, college bill, to just walk in and say, just put that on God. <laughs> I don't know about all universities. But if you went to IBC, that won't work. <laughs> I know the CFO, she said no. <laughs> well, what am I, 
What am I supposed to say? When I walk to my friends and, and, and they really know who I am and all of a sudden I say, I'm supposed to do something for the kingdom of God. I'm gonna need more of an answer than, um, we're all gonna leave Egypt. You guys wanna clap or do you wanna, what do we do? He said, I'm going to need a name. Verse 14, one of the most astounding scriptures of all the text. God said, I am that I am. Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. If it had only been the word. Here's where... Here's where having a relationship with God makes the difference. Because if he would have just copied what he would have read somewhere, the weight of the words were going to come with the weight of the experience. For you to show up and just start saying, well, in the name of Jesus, you'd be like the seven sons of Sceva who would have to pray prayers and say, I adjure thee by, by the one whom Paul preaches. And the devils jumped out and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? We need, to be, we need to be more intimidated when the devil doesn't know our name. You don't want to handle holy things and him not know who you are. Mm-hmm. But with the weight of that experience and God speaking to Moses, he was able to walk in now. We know, and I'm not going to flesh this story out for anybody that's getting nervous. We know Pharaoh's not going to be sitting there and say, oh, well, if God said, I am said it, well, then I am happy to let you go. <laughs> it's not going to happen, Brother Turner. But he walked, to the, he walked to the people of God, and he began to, he began to in his own slow speech, Begin to tell them that I am has said that we're going to believe in. And I'm not sure. It says all the house of Israel. But here's what I know. The Bible says that the elders began to worship with. You want to know how I'm convinced we get the whole church moving? When I can get the elders to say, I'll worship with that. I'll worship with that. I, I, take, I take the temperature of the church a lot of times by watching the elders. I do. But I just kind of look around every now and then. I, I, I watch. I know the kids are jumping good, but I kind of watch the elders every now and then. And I don't need you to run aisles because most of you have run aisles for us long enough. But every now and then, if I just look over and I see an elder kind of slip a hand up, do one of these, I'm like, let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go right now. Because if we get, <laughs> if we get the elders in agreement... And I feel like, man, I feel a little witness in this room right now while I'm preaching to the graduates. I wonder if any elders would go ahead and bear witness with me. This is the finest hour for them to be members of the body of Christ. There's never been a greater day. There's never been a better generation. This generation can rise up to the occasion and say, if God said it, I said, if God said it, we're not going to settle for anything. Less 
So I tell you with the elders bearing witness, let God write your story. If, if God tells you to be a doctor, you be a doctor. But if God tells you to be a construction worker, if God tells you to be a nurse, don't you let anybody else live vicariously through you. Don't you let anybody, you let God be the one who writes who you're supposed Moses, don't you be a farmer when you're meant to be a leader. Don't you, don't you stay at Jethro's house when I need you to march into Egypt. Now you, you might be quiet, but if he's called you to be a leader, and you, you forgive me if you need to, but I got a tough feeling that he's calling any apostolics in this hour to be anything but leaders in the areas that he places you. I think if he puts you in the banking industry, he's going to lead you in leading other people in that banking industry. If he puts you in a hospital, there's going to be hospital rooms that you walk into after the doctor gave them the final word. And you're going to walk back in because the Holy Ghost talks to you like a burning bush and says, go tell them the I am is going to do a little something for them. And you just walk in silently and say, I, I just want to pray for you come on on construction sites when other people have completely given up and they feel like there's no hope he's going to lead you to somebody at the brink of depression or at the brink of addiction or at the brink of divorce and when nobody's got the answer you're going to have the answer but we've got to let we've got to let God we got to let God write the story. Graduates, I want you to stand. Hmm. Brother Lopez, Brother Matthews, come help me. Graduates, I want you to stand, step all the way towards the front. to hear me before God he has not called you to hide he has not brought you this far to hide Whew. I want you to stretch your hands towards them I want you to lift your hands right now man I feel a divine feel a divine moment Come on, lift your voice all over this house, would you? We need them to feel the strength of God. Oh, my. Come on, pray like it's your kid up here. Pray like it's your son, your daughter. Oh, God. I need some elders. I feel this right now. I want some elders that'll stand and walk down and begin to lay hands on some of them. I need some elders to come right now. We're going to do this presentation in a minute, but I need some elders that'll come. Come on, come on, elders. Come on, husbands. Come on, wives. Come on, men of God. Come on, ladies of God. Come on, elders. Come on, ministers. Come on. Graduates, I want you to pray right now. God, you write the story. God, you write the story. Some of you still seeking clarity. Let God write the story. 
Some of you are trying to figure out those final answers. Let God write your story. Come on, it's not a burning bush, but it is a moment in His presence. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. You write the story. You write the story. You write the story. Oh, you write the story, God. You're the author. Praise God. Praise God. I trust you, Lord, to write the story. Praise God. Praise Elders, stay. Elders, just stay here. Let's pass these. Let's pass these pens. Let's pass these gifts. Graduates, raise your hands so they can come by and give you these. We're going to hand you these pens right now. Pen. I don't know if you can see this here. Just says, let God write your story. Grantland, buddy, I have so much faith and belief in you. There's going to be days. There's going to be days when you're so challenged to take the story back. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, God. We feel your presence. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. You are not here by accident. But my purpose for your life is pure. Allow me to guide you. Stop with you, oh God, I stop with you. If your plan is pure, I know I'm talking to the graduates, but if your plan is pure, we want it. We want it. We want it. 
We want it. We want your plan. We want your plan. Oh, my. I want you to lift your hands all over the building and just praise God right now. bit I've never even heard Lord we want your purity we want your righteousness I want you to lead us I'm a little overwhelmed in the presence of God I need everybody in the building just lift your hands towards heaven and what are you trying to say to us Uh, oh, in the name of Jesus. Greatly, praise God. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. Jesus, we love you. I want you to lift your voice and worship in the, all over this house, all over this house, all over this house, all over this house, all over this. Stand with me, stand with me, stand with me all over the house. And, Praise God. Mm. I, I want everybody, I want everybody in this place to listen to me. Everybody in this place to hear me. There is a pureness to God. I've never felt, I've never felt, I've never heard, I've never. There is a there must be a pureness to our motives. There must be a pureness. There must, must be a holiness to our motive, to what we're trying to accomplish, what we're trying to do. We're trying to hear you. We want you to speak. Dad, you know it. You know it. I'm going to talk to your boy, but you, there's going to be times. It's going to be times where you're going to say what you write is too tough. What you write is overwhelming. I want you to have the pen of my life, but it, there's no way. 
If I would have known what he wanted to author for my life, if I could have seen it, I would have ran. But he'll show you what you can handle one page at a time. He'll show you what you can handle one page, one chapter at a time. One. But we're going to hand these to you. And regardless of where you are, regardless of, regardless of where you go, regardless of what you do. Oh, the word of God for tonight is to be pure before him. Keep a purity in your motives. When you go after a job, be pure in your motives. Be pure in your relationships. Be pure in your thought process. Be pure. Be pure. Be pure. Be, be holy. Strive to be like God. Strive to please Him and to allow Him. We, we typically talk about Paul's, how Paul wrote so much of the scripture. He wrote a bunch of books, but it was Moses. Translated into English some 125,000 plus words. Can you imagine Moses being tasked to pin back through the journey of his own life? Can you imagine had it not been the inspiration of the Spirit and the divine leading of God, he would have never, we'd have stopped a lot, we'd have stopped at Exodus 3. He'd have stopped, he'd have put a period where God had a lot more to write. And if you take the pen, if you take the story, if you take it out of his hand, you're going to settle for less. You are going to say, I'm not saying you're, you're, you're going to have it easy. You're not. But you're not going to have it easy no matter what. You're going to endure life. But here's what you can be fulfilled. You can lay your head to the pillow at night saying, I'm in the will of God. I'm in the will of God. You know, I'm going to share this story with you. Brother Gwaltney, I was... Uh, I was on staff, just a young youth pastor. I was young. I don't know why they hired me. Shouldn't have hired me. I wrecked the church van twice the first day I drove. <laughs> I tell that. It reminds me. They called and offered me a job. I can remember standing in my living room when they called, offered me that job. I, 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 didn't, I didn't qualify for And I knew what I was making. <laughs> I was living in a little one-bedroom house. Just so small. Brother Zaggers is tiny. Little matchbook house that I was living in at that time. I hadn't even bought a house. And they, they called me from Illinois. And they offered me this job. I stood there in that living room. <laughs> Grantland, I had to call to God on my life. Call God on my life. I stood there on that phone. And some 20 years ago, Brother Coogan, I still remember saying these words into that phone. I'm in the will of God. And I won't be able to sleep tonight if I take this job. My mind started thinking, think of what you could live. Think of how you could live. Think of, think of what you could buy. I was just a young guy wanted to drive a Lincoln Navigator. I'm telling you, with that job, Bubba, I could have done it. 
But the next morning, I went and got my rusted out Chevy S10. And there's not been one day, Brother Shirley, there's not been one day that I regretted it. But there's been a bunch of days I had to walk back to that crossroad and say, thank you, God, that I didn't take the story out of your hands. Thank you, God, that I didn't take the story. Let God write your story. I want every hand lifted in this room. I want us to pray over our graduates one more time. Just lift your voice and pray that God would give them the tenacity, the tenacity to let God write their story. You know, you know your thoughts towards us. You, you know your ways for us. Graduates, let's make sure every graduate got a pen. Please raise your hand if you don't have one. I, the Holy Ghost interrupted us and that's okay. It's more about His presence than anything else. Graduates, I say to you on behalf of this church, college, high school, different stages of life. We're Holy Ghost proud of you. We honor your hard work. Amen.